You're listening to the Embrace Running Podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Elena, and this is episode number 223 for June 26th, 2017. We are back. We're back. We're back. Perhaps our pictures might have ended up on milk cartons like Mike Wardian at Barclays, perhaps. Oh, yeah. That would have been hilarious. Yeah. yeah. I should have done that and thrown that online. should have, yeah. yeah. Um, so where have we been? No place in particular. Just been crazy and busy and time gets away from you and um, yeah. That's yeah, that story. Just, yep, and it just time just kind of flew by. So, so what do we got today? Definitely got to catch up with what's going on with us, mm-hmm. and we'll be talking about some new stories. Uh, Western States was just this past weekend, so definitely got to talk about that. It was an interesting one. A couple other stories. We registered for some stuff. Um, registered for some stuff. Some races ran, specifically. You ran <laughs> some races, so mm-hmm. um, I think you'll give us the. Um, the the quick, a very quick and easy race recap. Mm-hmm. I think we got to come up with a name for kind of short race recaps. I don't know. We'll have mm. to think about that one. Any suggestions? Yeah, if anybody has a, a, a good name, a clever name for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For that segment of the show, I guess. Right. All right. Um, let's jump in with, with what's going on with us. Yeah, you you want to go first? I can go first. Sure, mine's why not? Pretty, pretty short, I guess. Um, not been running much. How's that one for... That's pretty short. But no. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's um, not the entirety, right? <laughs> could be. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, came off the Vancouver Marathon, like I said, not not a great race. Um, came off of that with, you know, my my, my back pain kind of continued for a couple weeks there. Um, got better. I thought was gone. And then like four days ago, out of nowhere for no reason, my back started hurting again. So I don't know what's going on there. Um, haven't done much running, just kind of haven't mentally just not super interested in going out for runs so um, like like motivation yeah motivation like I issue think, yeah after coming off a bad race and and kind of my next marathons kind of being at least at the time we're off into the distance and yeah at um, the time I like at the time not necessarily anymore because because the berlin marathon i think now is 90 days away but um yeah just not super motivated and just kind of very lackluster and not a lot of um interest or excitement and um yeah, just that's just kind of how it's gone. I have gone out on some trail runs because I'm supposed to be getting ready for Ragnar Tahoe. That's what I had it's planned to be. <laughs> to be focused on, and um, things haven't worked out that way. Like I said, my back's been bugging me. Um, have gotten a few trail runs in. Um, none of them went particularly well because of my back. Um, and then in this time period since Vancouver, somehow I've developed an issue with my Achilles, which I've never had before. So um, that one's got me. Not puzzled, but I got to try to figure that one out. And certainly, uh, trail running doesn't help with that for sure. Right. So, um, so Ragnar Tahoe, looking forward to that one next month. Uh, it's going to be uh, an interesting race. Mm-hmm. So, it's basically, like what, four weeks away. Yeah. Yeah. So, I will definitely not be really prepared for that one in any way. But, um, we still got four weeks. I still got four weeks. Um, I mean, the other thing too is it's, I mean, it's going to be kind of part of the Western state story, but it's been ridiculously hot. I know out here on the West Coast, I don't know about the rest of the country because I haven't paid any attention to, to national news or weather at all. Because so. we've been melting over here, so we can't yeah, pay attention to anything else. Yeah, it's been ridiculously right warm. Um, I think last week, I think one day you even asked me, like, are you going to go for a run? I just kind of laughed. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like running didn't even cross my mind because it's, it's been so hot. Um, we were actually supposed to record this podcast one day last week and air conditioner broke down. So that was hugely fun for a couple of days, um, being in extremely hot weather with no air conditioning working at home. But, um, but yeah, it was so warm. I didn't even consider for a minute going out for a run like middle of last week at all. 
like in the evenings, it was just, even at night, it was just too hot. I think the only time you could probably go for a run. I mean, I guess if you want to suffer, go ahead. You can go run anytime you want. Right. But, um, but for me, I wasn't interesting, interested in, in suffering that much. So, I mean, the only time to go would have been super early in the morning. And I already get up at five o'clock in the morning every day. So I wasn't going to get up at four to go for an early morning run. Um, and I don't have a treadmill at home and I don't have a gym membership. So I was out of other options for that one. So yeah, I guess that's, I think that's all I got to share. Okay. So, um, let's go over to you, which has been <laughs> had a much better yeah. several weeks, I guess. Yeah. I mean, um, still not as good of a month as I would have liked originally, but, um, yeah, I have been running fairly consistently, I guess, since Vancouver, um, felt relatively good afterwards, at least from what I remember now, mm-hmm. maybe at the time there was something going on, right. but now of course I don't remember it. So, but doing some, some trail running, even did like some back to back, um, trail runs on the weekends, um, at the time trying to get ready for double dipsy, um, which just happened about a week and a half ago. Um, when I had originally signed up for, I really wanted to be trained for it, but you know, after Vancouver, it's like, kind of like not much time to, to train. Um, but yeah, hitting some, some trails, um, we actually got to do some some trail running out at Yosemite National Park. We were there oh, for we a couple of days, so that's yeah. always fun. Kind of change things up. It's always really nice out there. Although with the 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 how much rain we got this year, we weren't able to go on like our usual loop. We kind of did it backwards, and yeah, it just would have been like totally flooded. Yeah, I wanted to actually go out and run in the the high country up there by Tuolumne Meadows, but all that's still at the time completely. I don't even know if it's open now. Um, was still completely closed because of the snow. We were going to run around the valley, and we kind of had to super weirdo do some out back type stuff just because it's just yeah. yeah and we actually still had else, some so. some water crossings where in the past we've never seen water mm-hmm. before at all. Yeah, yeah. So that was interesting. Um, but yeah, so you know, just doing some running, and then. Ran a couple races, like you mentioned, which I'll talk about uh, later. I rode half marathon the Divas, um, San Francisco Bay half marathon, and then double dipsy um, just a couple weeks ago. Um, so two totally different races. Um, and then I think yesterday, I think it was yesterday that I realized, wow, Berlin is not that far away. Um, if I'm going to do like a specific training plan, I should... I've already done that. If not, I need to do it like now. Mm-hmm. So I'll be working on that maybe tonight. And then um, did sign up for some races. I did sign up for um, a 5K, which is happening, what is that, three weeks from now? Two weeks from now? Two weeks from now, I think. I should okay. probably make sure so I know when to go. <laughs> yeah, you do want to show up for the race. You yeah. don't want to miss it. Yeah, it's, it's a local uh, 5K. It's a women's, I don't say women's specific, but it's, Women focused, maybe? Mm-hmm. Is that how, does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Um, so it's very focused on getting people who aren't that active and, um, you know, not used to running and that sort of thing, just getting out there and in a supportive environment. It's called the, the She 365 5K, but She is actually S period, H period, E period, which stands for Secure Health and Empowerment. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that one. Yeah. So kind of heard about it from um, another running friend. Um, able to convince a couple of other friends that aren't runners, but have been getting active and things like that to, to go out there. And apparently there's like a bunch of stuff that you get with it too. So that's all I keep hearing is that there's, you get a lot of stuff. Stuff sounds good. Yeah. Like I think a metal, like a bracelet. I don't know. I guess I'll let you guys know. Um, <laughs> they have like a, I think a post race breakfast or brunch or something. Mm-hmm. Wine, I think. Cause I think it's close to a vineyard. Okay. So yeah. Cool. Signed up for that. 
And yeah, I guess that's it. I just kind of I feel like I'm kind of out of my usual like mode kind of. Mm-hmm. So I, I think get we back both to are it. Yeah. in a lot of ways. So. I'm like out of sync or something. So I am still running, but I feel like a little out of sync. So I got to gotta get back to it. So, but it's been a good, I guess, first half of the year. Can't really complain. Okay. I guess that's all I got. All right. Uh, the, the last one I'm going to just pile on to that because I don't know if we actually said it on the last podcast. So I, if we did, sorry, saying it again. Um, we did register for Flying Pig for next year. Um, so it's a race we mentioned several times over the years, probably, um, about doing it someday. And we will be out there. Well, we registered for it for 2018. Um, and we will be doing the four-way with extra cheese, which I guess is the the mile on Friday the 5k and the 10k on saturday and the marathon on sunday so i, I do believe that's called the four-way with extra cheese i, I believe I have, so i really have a hard time remembering all their little yeah. things because there's the three-way with extra cheese or you can i guess just do the three i don't know it's i don't know and there's like a three-way or like the four-way I, I, I don't know it's a little confusing every time we talk about it we like pull it all up and like read everything <laughs> like okay yeah we got it and then yeah the next time it comes up again we forget what everything is so yes did did sign up for that one um I'm always happy by the fact that I think they do make it pretty easy to downgrade. So if we change, if I change my mind about doing the full, I can always go down and do the the half marathon. So I don't think there was actually much of a price difference in that. So, all right, let's move on. Let's get to the stories of the weekend, at least Um, kind of the big one here in Northern California, Western States, uh, 11217 edition. Um, As we alluded to, the heat was definitely a story of the day. Mm -hmm. I think Um, very tough conditions. There's parts of the course where, Definitely riding in the 90s. Um, some parts definitely hit 100. So um, Lots of snow to start with, which yeah, slowed so, people down. Which is weird. Yeah. Um, cause there kinda, usually isn't that much snow yeah. in those Starts areas. up in the Lake Tahoe area. So yeah. due to our heavy heavy snow in the winter, there was still, uh, it was a unique, not, I don't want to say a unique start, but definitely way more snow than normal. Yeah. 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 Um, how should we get on this? Um, should I just jump right to kind of results? Um, sure. Men's winner, uh, Ryan Sands. In 1619, uh, second place, Alex Nichols, third, Mark Hammond. I don't know if I want to mention anybody else in the top 10. Uh, Ian Charman, seventh. I think that's all I'll mention. Um, probably the biggest thing out of the men's side was uh, going into the race. Probably the, the big time favorite was uh, Jim Walmsley, mm-hmm. um, who, if you guys recall from last year, um, went out extremely fast last year was just basically had a course record and it was killing it and had a huge lead and then took a wrong turn at um, about mile 90 something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that kind of truthfully, it wasn't the that just threw him so much mentally that he basically just, I think it's safe to say gave up at that point. Yeah. He, he walked it in yeah. from there. Um, yeah. And the sad part is had he actually just, like ran, ran, like in course corrected, yeah, like gone back and then yeah, he yeah. still would have won the race. Right. So, um, heavy favorite coming into this year. I know he actually said before the race that he was gonna win it this year. Mm-hmm. Um, he predicted that he would win it. He predicted that he was actually gonna beat the course record, and he was um, gonna go under fourteen hours, which nobody has done before. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. He was talking about sub fourteen. Mm-hmm. Um, he started the day on pace to do that. Yep. Um, I know when he got to, I think it's like mile three and a half, top of the escarpment. Um, I think he was already seven minutes up on the field. Yeah. Um, and then not too long after that, he built his lead up to 18 and um, definitely seemed like a possibility, um, even on a day that was going to be extremely warm, mm-hmm. um, but uh, ran into stomach issues 
like happen so often for ultra right. runners. It's yep. kind of that problem, especially on a hot day. Um, stomach issues kind of basically put an end to that, and he ended up dropping right. Yeah, he ended up dropping right at um, like at the river crossing, which I think is mile seventy something. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, seventy eight, I think. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, big <laughs> bummer. I don't know. I don't know if you want to blame his dropping partially on maybe going out too fast. I don't know. I, you know, it'd be interesting. You, you always play armchair quarterback or look at things after the fact and say, you know, did he, if he maybe doesn't go out as fast, if he doesn't chase 14, does mm-hmm. he, does he have a better day? Does the stomach not give him so many problems, but who knows? You just never know. Yeah. Can't yep. really tell after that. So, um, yeah, so it worked out for Ryan Sands and he gets the win there. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else on the men's side? Um, no, nothing on the men's side. Okay. Well, if you think about, about it, yeah. we'll, we'll drop back into it. Um, on the ladies' side, uh, the eventual winner, Kat Bradley, finished in 1931. Uh, second place, Magda Boulay. Third place, Sabrina Stanley. Um, anybody else I should mention? Uh, Casey Lichtig, defending champion, going off the top of my head, 12th or something like that? 16th. 16th. Yep. And Stephanie then... Howe, Violet, was 12th. Okay. That's yeah, what I'm mixing around. So a pretty yeah. stacked female field. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was a killer, like. Uh, yeah, female field. Yeah, and it was a lot closer. It oh, was yeah. crazy close mm-hmm. at times. Um, I know Yao Wang actually had the lead for a chunk of the race. Mm-hmm. Um, not right at the start, but for a chunk of it there. Um, she ended up having issues and uh, ended up dropping. Yeah. Unfortunately. Same so. stomach? No, it was no, something it wasn't? else. Oh, yeah. okay. mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Magda Belay, kind of the, the steady, you know, second place. She's, she's always so... So consistent and mm-hmm. so steady, but um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what else to say about the women's. Yeah, I think uh, another potential favorite that's kind of like newer to the hundred mile scene, uh, Claire Gallagher, who won Leadville mm-hmm. last year as her first one hundred, and I believe set a new course record there for for women. Um, ended up having to drop because of a I think a hamstring issue. So yeah, there was I was reading something about um kind of just the the drop rate or the the you know DNF sure. rate for Western States just being higher this year. I don't know to to what extent you know like how much higher, but definitely higher this year than than most years. So yeah, very yeah. hot day. Parts yeah. of that course can get really really hot, really hot. Triple digits, which is a trip because you start up in Lake Tahoe surrounded by snow. Right. Um. But yeah. Yep. But then you get into the canyons, and that's that becomes that. So. Yeah. Other, other names that weren't part of like the, the top 10 contending um, spots, um, Gunhild Swanson, who we had talked about before being like the last finisher. Was that last year or the year before? I think it was the year before, mm-hmm. like just under 30 hours. Um, she ended up um, dropping like a mile, I think 20 something. And then Wally Hasseltine, who we had talked about, there's like that, a short film about yeah, him yeah. and everything. And that was, that was last year's race, right? Where yeah. he just barely missed mm-hmm. 30 hours. He mm-hmm. like had fallen on the track and all that. So he actually um, didn't make the cutoff at one of the earlier aid stations. That, that seemed to be, I think I, re- I also read something about that, that volunteers in the earlier aid stations were really surprised how many people didn't actually even make the cutoff at those earlier aid stations mm-hmm. because I guess all the trouble that the snow was giving them. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I could see that. Yeah. So, yep. I think that's all I got. Um, I had something else to say about that and I forgot to. <laughs> <laughs> the race director Craig Thornley ran the race and finished in in 29 hours and some change so okay. snuck in there 
You don't see um, that too often where the race directors are running their own race. Yeah. Yeah. Brings uh, That always brings up the question of whether they should be running their own races. Oh, yeah, or, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, That's a whole separate discussion. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's slightly easier for a race director for a race like that where it's just so few people compared to, if you compare it to a big road race, you know, with thousands of people. Yeah. To a certain degree, but. But this race is a lot tougher. So, yeah, let's not get into that argument today. Um, the one thing I was going to say about it is if you want more coverage, uh, the place to go is irunfar.com. Mm-hmm. They always do great interviews post-race. And their Twitter feed during the race is always the kind of the place to go to kind of catch up with with kind of live coverage of what's going on. I know yep. you were... I was stalking it. I did not check in at all, but that was because I had you and you were just giving me the updates. So, um yeah, we had a nice communication. Yeah, <laughs> we there. I didn't. I didn't have to look up anything. You just kind of fed me the info, and I was like, okay, and cool. I just filtered out the stuff that I figured you probably didn't want to hear. Yeah, uh, it yeah. was perfect. So, yep. all right, um, let's move on. Let's talk about. Uh, let's talk about the state of our sport. I guess to a certain degree. So, running USA every year, they put out these reports that are kind of, um, kind of the state of the sport. They do several different reports, but they two of them are their half their annual half marathon report and their annual marathon report which kind of goes into the numbers of people that are finishing we always talk about these every single year um, because it's just kind of interesting to talk about i think to a small degree Mm -hmm. Um, at least i enjoy it um so the story and and these reports are are 2016 reports yes i know we're in june of 2017 but that's how long it takes them to Mm -hmm. put out the reports lots of lots of runners to i guess tally if you want to look at it that way so um i guess the overarching story is just if you talk about running in terms of the half marathon and the marathon, um, the sport is definitely in a, I think safe to say a slight decline in terms of the numbers of people doing events. So this year for half marathon, I mean, we did see 1.9 million finishers on the half marathon side, but that's actually down from 2015 and 2014. Um, so definitely a decline. It's not a panic. It's not end of the world. It's not, um, you know, I don't really know if these numbers mean much of anything Mm -hmm. except when you put a couple years together then it tends to become i mean it's safely call it a trend although at what point do we panic or do we panic at all i don't think we panic that's a good question i don't think we panic at all yeah um i think you know if we lost you know you're not going to lose any of the big name races that we probably care a huge amount about um if you start to lose races that's going to be smaller stuff Stuff mm-hmm. that's not successful in its own right that I yeah. think would disappear. I don't think at this point there's there's any threat of losing, you know, sponsorships and, and money coming into the sport. So I don't think that's an issue there either. So, um, but I guess we'll see if things continue to decline. I know I was reading something, I think a couple of weeks back, about kind of the, and I don't remember the, the article, kind of the alternative races like obstacle and color runs and um light runs i'm trying to think of like the random stuff that that was like the bubble run yeah that maybe that stuff has kind of come and gone now i think we've definitely seen a a decline there so um but yeah that's the half marathon numbers if you talk about the biggest half marathons in the country there's there's nothing really that changes much with that it's kind of the same old crew it's still dominated by um r&r series disney races and um i'll just call it new york (laughs) Because the the number one um, in terms of size was the Airbnb Brooklyn Half Marathon, 27,000 finishers for a half. So um, they were on top of the board in um, 2015 as well, followed by One America 500, which is always at the top of the list. Um, R&R Vegas, I wasn't planning on writing these down, but um, 
Walt Disney World half and then New York City half marathon. Um, and then there's a bunch more Disney's and R&R's um, in the top 15. So um, pretty popular. Kind of the same crew. Nothing really changes at the top of the board. I mean, I guess it's pretty difficult or impossible to go from a, marath- a half marathon of 5,000 all of a sudden jump it to to 10,000 or mm-hmm. 15,000. I can't think of any race that has really done that. Um, not the easiest thing to do. Um, on the marathon side of things, kind of it's a similar story. 507,000 finishers, 507,600, uh, which is down the previous year from 509,000. And then 2014 was the record high with 550,000. So definitely a decline. I mean, 507 is actually the lowest since... 2010 if we completely forget about 2012 because if you remember 2012 was oh. the year new york got canceled yeah yeah so the the 2012 results are kind of completely skewed by new york city being canceled but um kind of the lowest number there since since 2010 um and then in terms of the individual races with the biggest sizes no, same thing no shock no surprise new york city is number one followed by chicago followed by boston then you have la honolulu um Kind of the usual people, Marine Corps, Philadelphia, Twin Cities, Chevron, Grandmas, San Francisco. Our local favorite, CIM, mm-hmm. um, is actually number 13 on the list by size here. Um, San Diego, R&R, um, and 15 is uh, St. George Marathon. So lots of numbers there. Um, it's kind of the size. If you look at speed, uh, in terms of times, numbers are down. Meaning Another. people are faster or slower? Uh, slower. Okay. Um, if you look at kind of the ages of all the runners that are running races, there's basically no change going on. Okay. Um, although it's, I mean, it's almost 50% of runners are masters runners. So masters over 40 and then 50% are kind of sub 40, but, um, no change from previous years in terms of if you break it down by age group. So that's all kind of the same, but, um, yeah. So, I mean, the overarching theme is just that, you know, the numbers are down slightly and they've been down for mm-hmm. a couple of years that's the gist of it um that being said you know it's no easier to get into uh to boston right it's, you know no easier to get in new york you know it, i mean i guess the one positive side of maybe a decline is that maybe some of these races that are tougher to get into will be less tough to get into right yeah but i think it seems like you know when you do get a decline what's going to happen is just it's going to be less people running those oddball small middle of the road you know maybe to a certain degree unmemorable or unremarkable races Hmm. like you're always going to be able to you know fill boston and new york and you know big city races like la and philadelphia but um, those kind of just middle of the road marathons in your local part of the country not going to be super interesting going forward so all right, lots of numbers. Let's move on to other stuff. Let's uh, let's get to the top of the world, I guess, with uh, some Killian stuff. Yeah, Killian Jornet, well-known ultra runner, and he does all kinds of other stuff. Um, just crazy athlete. Um, most physically fit, or, or, can we say most physically fit guy? In the sure, world? I'll go with that. That's yeah. an argument, but um, yeah. the guy's pretty I wouldn't say strongest, but yeah, yeah. like, yeah. Um, so on Saturday, May 27th, he summited Mount Everest from the north side without the use of supplemental oxygen or fixed ropes for the second time in that week. Yeah, because, you know, doing it once was, you know. Yeah, come on. Everest? Come on. That's that's easy doing it once. Yeah. You know, gotta, let's do it twice. <laughs> Both descents um, were part of 
his Summits of My Life project, uh, a goal he has to set of KTs or fastest known times on seven of the world's most iconic mountains. I think also including uh, Mount Blanc and uh, Denali um, in Alaska. Mm-hmm. So he's just he's just crazy. He's just a freak of nature, honestly. I he mean, is. You know, he spent so much time kind of doing this other stuff and not just, I mean, we talk about him because he's an ultra runner, but um, the fact of, is, is if he just stuck to ultra running, um, he'd probably win the majority of the stuff that he enters mm-hmm. and he would probably be bored out of his mind. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Gotta mix it up. Yeah. I mean, this is the guy that's, I forgot what, you might remember whatever race it was. He just ran with somebody else. Um, Hard rock. And ran, they ran to the finish line together because, yeah. you know, he just didn't feel like running by himself that day because mm-hmm. he was just going to be bored. So. Yep. That was hard um, rock. <laughs> yeah. Might as well just wait for second place, you yep. know? So obviously somebody was got nothing to prove. So. Yep. All right. Um, moving on to the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So John, I knew I was going to say that. <laughs> I knew it too. Cause every time I, I like read this, I kept saying John and it's not John. Let's start over. Okay. Joan. Benoit Samuelson is going for a sub-three-hour marathon in her 60s. She turned 60 last month, and now she's in a new age group. So you know what that means. New goals. Um, That's your chance to to dominate, right? When you get to that, you know. She wants to be the first woman in her 60s to run a sub-three-hour marathon. Um, Actually has set her sights on the Chicago Marathon in October. So she set the the record for women in the 55 to 59 age group when she was 55, and that record still stands. Um, it's uh, 250.33. So the current record for women in their 60s is 301.30, run by Bernie Portensky of New Zealand in 2010. So she's looking to not only best that record, but make it a sub three marathon. Okay. Yeah. I'm just thinking like sub three. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it just kind of hit me like that it was sub three. Yeah, I don't have a sub three. And, you know, if I could run a sub three when I was tw- in my 20s, that would have been awesome, you know, but. The fact is, I'll never run a sub three. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, it's like it's one of those things like where sub three, I'm like, yeah, that will never, like, ever happen. So, that, yeah. yeah, and she's like shooting forward in her 60s. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So, okay. Speaking of uh, older runners. Yeah, exactly. You know, you, I always have a, a, a soft spot for <laughs> older runners. So, a 90 year old actually, or excuse me, not 90 year old, 94 year old Harriet Thompson became the oldest woman to run a half marathon at the Rock and Roll San Diego Half Marathon. Um, she ran, walked the course in 342.56. Two years ago at age 92, she became the oldest woman to finish a marathon, completing uh, Rock and Roll San Diego in seven hours and some change. I think we actually mentioned um, this two at years ago. Yeah, when she ran it at the age of 92. And I think this was like her 17th time running that race. Mm-hmm. Um, the majority of that time has been running the marathon. And I think just this year and the last year, I think she's run, um, she downgraded to the half marathon. So I guess I should assume she's from the San Diego area. Uh, I'm assuming. Okay. I don't. Yeah. I don't. Or I just really likes nice check weather. That specifically, yeah. but that would make sense. Yep. Yeah. All righty. Um. All right. That's that's the news we were going to kind of cover. I guess now we'll let's jump into uh, two mini race recaps. Like I said, we don't have a good name for this type of stuff. So um, yeah, not a full blown. <laughs> Kind of give us the, recap, the quick hits we've, we've done before. So give us, tell us what's memorable. Um, I guess let's start off with Divas, San yeah. Francisco. Yep. So Divas, uh, San Francisco Bay Area half marathon and 5K option for people that are wanting to know that. Um, just takes place actually just south of San Francisco itself, um, with uh, a course that is out and out and back or. I guess it's not technically an out and back. It's, I guess it's a loop, but it runs like on like very parallel, um, 
paths to each other. But not the exact But not same the path? same exact. But okay. there's only one little section where it's the same exact path. Okay. So, um, and then on basically the return, you're, you're running right like on just the edge of the bay there. So it's, it's depending on the type of weather you have and the day you have, it could be pretty nice views. This year, actually super nice, clear day. Um, so it was like beautiful views. Last time I ran it, this is the second time that I've run it, um, was in 2014 and it was foggy like you would usually expect out there. And then it kind of lifted as the day went on, but this year was just super clear, beautiful weather. Not, not hot cause it's right by the bay. Mm. Um, very little wind. Um, if anybody wants like very detailed information about this race, um, I, we did talk about it, did a full race recap in episode 127, excuse me, 124, 124. called a Divas Race. So it is a women's race. They do not exclude men, mm-hmm. but um, I'd say like 99% yeah. of the the participants or the entrants are women. Um, everything is basically a pink. Uh, <laughs> it's a you, lot of pink. It is a lot of pink. <laughs> Your race shirt is pink. Um, you get a like a drawstring bag when you go to the expo, you know, with your stuff, which includes um, a tutu and obviously your bib um, and then your shirt. And then when you, before you cross the finish line, there's a boa station where you can actually get a, a pink boa and a tiara, mm-hmm. which most people do stop and take. And then that way you can put it on if you want, like while you're crossing the finish line. Um, there's a lot of people that you see running like just with it in their hand because it's like maybe like a tenth of a mile or less, mm-hmm. uh, like that station from the finish line. So I tried to like kind of just drape it over my neck and then I, I was wearing a hat, like a running hat, like a Nike running hat. So mm-hmm. I just tried to put the tiara on top of my hat. So it stayed there. So um, and then you also get a medal and this year's medal was like pretty big. Yes. It's pretty heavy and it has like a little gem at the bottom of it that you could actually take off and use for... Um, there's a certain bracelet company. Mm-hmm. I can't remember off the top of my head what it is, okay. where we could add charms to it, so that would fit there. Uh, and then they have uh, bubbly. They have champagne. So I think the last time I ran it, they actually had like a non-alcoholic option. I want to say it was like apple. What do you call it? Apple cider. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm like it's not apple juice, <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't have that this time. And then you know just some like post-race food and that sort of thing. So. But you do get quite a bit of stuff. Um, you get lots of stuff. I yeah. do like the fact that they give you the the tiara and the boa, you know, whatever it is, 100 feet, couple hundred feet before the finish line. So yeah. it's not like one of those where... It's right after. You don't have... Yeah, it's not after. So you get it for the to cross the line if you want to get that picture with it. Mm-hmm. And it's not one of those where they're giving it to you pre-race and then you're not going to take it to the race. Or, you know, give it to you in the beginning and who the heck wants yeah, to run with that? Yeah, you have to pick it up for, like mile one. Yeah, and, and run. Then you do, yeah. yeah, so... I will say that is very smart. But yeah, a lot of pink. But they do pink. give you a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. If that sounds like your your thing, mm-hmm. that's a good race for that. Yeah. And, and people who run the 5K, I did the half marathon. People who run the 5K pretty much get uh, everything that the half marathoners do. Mm-hmm. I think the only difference is that their medal is smaller. Okay. So, Fair you know, enough. it says 5K instead of half marathon on it. But um, everything else, you get everything else that the half marathon runners get as well. So, it's a flat course. So, if you're looking for a flat course... I mean, there's like hardly any like little ups or downs at all. Not even like an overpass or anything like that. It's super flat. Um, yeah, it, it's it's the first half is not super scenic because you're running through some residential areas. But the second half, if you have a, a, a nice day as far as weather goes, it's it's really scenic. So 
if anybody's looking into that. And it's usually at the beginning of June, so you can kind of just keep an, an eye out for that if it's something you want to do. And they also have Divas races. They have them across the U.S., so it's right. not just in the San Francisco Bay Area. And they also have one internationally in Puerto Rico. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there's probably one that. close to you or closer. If, right. If San Francisco this is one. pretty too yeah. far. Exactly. All right. Anything else on Divas? Um, I had a fairly good race. Okay. I, don't, I think, I don't remember what my time was, but it was like one, it was in the 140s. So mm-hmm. I was happy with that, like the high 140s, like 148 or something like that. So I was pretty happy with that. I wasn't like going into race it. Yeah. My legs did not feel great going into it. I think I like did a, oh yeah, I did a trail ra- or trail run the day before because um, I knew I wasn't going to race the half marathon. So my legs were pretty, pretty tired. Um, but was happy with that time. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, let's move on to mini race recap number two, <laughs> okay. which is uh double dipsy. Yeah. And, um, I, you did do a full, I think a full recap of it, right? Yep. Uh, back in episode 127. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you did both those races back in 20. I know. I was just looking yeah, at that. Like, yeah, I did them both plan. in 2014 and then I did them again this year. So double dipsy. It's, it's a lot of stairs. It's a lot of stairs. So Dipsy by itself is a lot of stairs. Um, I think I was looking up like how many, I think I found it. Let's see. It's it's one of the oldest um, trail running events. I think it's very Dipsy itself was, this year was the 107th running of the race. So Double Dipsy hasn't been around as long, but Dipsy has been around for a long time. It's always a second um, Sunday in June. And it's uh, basically from, it's it's in the North Bay, just mm-hmm. north of, so on the other side of San Francisco, just yeah. north of San Francisco. North San Francisco. Um, and then- Where there's <laughs> lots of great trail running out there, so. Right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There is tons of really nice uh, training out there. Trail running out there. So, um, it's basically like in the Mill Valley area, and you, when you're doing Dipsy, you start there and then run over to Stinson Beach. And you actually climb right from the beginning, um, 688 stairs. I looked it up. So with double dipsy, you actually run it in reverse. Mm-hmm. And then you run the normal dipsy order, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So you start at Simpson Beach, run, and then turn around and go up the stairs on your way back, and then back to Simpson Beach. So it ends up being, I think it's a, it's a little over 4,000 feet of elevation gain and a little over 4,000 feet elevation loss. So, yeah, because you didn't start the same And you were spot, saying it's so. 600 steps one way. 688 stairs one way. And yeah. one section, the Dipsy stairs. Yeah. That one section. There's other stairs that you climb. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people love Dipsy. You have fun. I know you love the race. Nothing about what you're saying sounds fun to me. It's a uh, lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 last time that I ran it, I didn't, I didn't train for it specifically at all. And I was scared, like, out of my mind to do it because I had never even run Dipsy, and I've heard that that's pretty difficult. Um, but I had signed up for it, and it was hard. It was difficult, but I got through it. It took me, like, over three hours to do. Um, and I, I knew I wanted to do it again. And I think in 2015 and 2016, I think we had other races that same weekend, so it just didn't do it. And then this year when we knew we weren't going to be going anywhere that weekend because we actually had a a family college graduation. So we knew we'd be in town. I'm like, okay, here's my opportunity, you know, to, to sign up for it. So, and with the thought at the time that I signed up for it, that I was going to really train specifically for the race and just do a lot better. Unfortunately, that just didn't end up happening. So, um, again, I was like scared out of my mind running it again. Um, 
I don't know if it was better or worse already like having run it and knowing like to some extent what to expect. I mean, it's got to be better knowing what to expect than the fear of the unknown. No. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure. I guess it was a little bit better. I guess it was a little bit better. Um but it's it's just under 14 miles. I'm total I don't think I mentioned that. Mm. Um and it's a uh, it's very unique in that dipsy and double dipsy and quad dipsy all have a, a handicap start. Mm-hmm. So basically, which is very unique, yeah, very unique. It makes for very interesting racing dynamics. So, and that was one of the things that had worried me the first time I'd run it too, because basically the older participants start first. Mm-hmm. So, for example, this year, like people over, I, I don't even remember, like over eighty, I think, started like at um, seven a.m. and then every five or seven minutes or so, uh, different age groups starts, and they stagger at men and women and that sort of thing. So, um. Last time I ran it, I think it was like I was third or fourth to the last group to start. Um, this year I had, because I'm older, I had moved up one spot. So I had a, a, a little bigger handicap on there. So I actually started at 745. The last people to start started at 801. So basically like the the young guys, you know, started at, at 801. The one that are the, you would think are the fastest that are probably going to win the race and to win it you actually have to it's not your fastest time who runs that course you the have fastest to get time. there first you have to get there first mm-hmm. so whether you start at 7 a.m or 8 1 a.m whoever gets back to the finish line first is the winner so it makes it really interesting so basically for like somebody like me who isn't very fast but and is starting later you know like i get passed by quite a few people like mm-hmm. at some point either and it's out and back so you know, like the fast guys, you could tell like they when they're, fl- you know, they're just like flying by you. And a lot of it is um, single track. Mm-hmm. So you really it's, have to communicate. It's very, I mean, it's a small, it's a narrow course in a lot of sections. Yep. And so you have the situation where you got the handicap start, essentially, mm-hmm. let's assume all the younger people are faster. Um, right, right. Uh, Which we know, know isn't exactly the case, but in general. But yeah. by a larger percentage, that'll happen. So you have lots of passing that's going to happen in narrow spots, and then mm-hmm. it's out and back, right? Yeah. So it's just... So then you have the two-way traffic. Yeah. yeah. It's a very intimate uh, it is. course, and you got to pay attention, I'd assume. Oh, yeah, for sure. Time, so. And I think I felt a lot more comfortable with that this year than I did the last time. Mm-hmm. I felt like more like squeamish, and I don't want to fall off this. I don't want to push somebody off the side. I don't want to fall off this, uh, you know, that sort of and thing. And this year, you were just pushing people out of the way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just Yeah, that's how I moved up spots. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> You're throwing elbows, people trying exactly. to pass you. Exactly. No, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, people are passing me. I'm trying to pass people that started before me. You know, and then you got the turnarounds and then not only are you trying to pass people, people are trying to pass other people, but then you're, you know, you have two-way traffic on a single track. So it it just makes it for a really interesting race. Um, I probably like touched elbows or hands or whatever with several people at some point because you're just like, you're just that close, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, No, like there was no pushing or anything. Everybody was like super, you know, good about that and, you know, calling out, making sure you call out when you're passing someone and um, you know, trying to, to make way, you know, for somebody that's faster that's coming by. I definitely like stopped and pulled off the trail a couple of times for people that I knew, you know, like they were really fast. It's like, you know, they might win the race. I, I can pull over for five seconds, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So, and yeah, and there's, there's, there's tons of stairs. Um, no, I was going to ask cause is, is the stairs the hardest thing about the course, right? It's not actually. No. For me, it wasn't like, they kind of suck just because it's like, you're just going up the stairs, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, okay, stair after stair, after stair, after stair, after stair. And you can't really pass people that much there because it's like, there's enough room for one side of people coming up the stairs and a, another side of people going down the stairs. And like, there isn't a whole lot of room like in the middle to, to pass. So 
Um, I'd, but I'd say the, the hardest part is just like the, the climb at the beginning of the race. Cause okay. you basically start climbing for it from the beginning. So I'd say that's the hardest part. Okay. Yeah. I felt pretty bad at the beginning of the race. Kicks your butt right up. Yeah. Right gate. off, right off the gate. And I just wasn't in shape for it. And I think I was running when I shouldn't have been running, you know, just because mm-hmm. I started in my age group. So all these women are like my age within four years. Right. So you're trying to compete so, with yeah, your level. I'm like, you know? I can't start walking yet if nobody else in my age group <laughs> is walking, you know, and there were people walking, but you know, it's like that whole mentality, you know, that whole peer pressure. So Come on everybody. So I really, so I really, I know. So I really <laughs> should have started like hiking sooner. Um, so I really paid for it at the beginning and I, but, um, I did notice that I felt a lot more comfortable on the downhills. Mm-hmm. I passed a lot of people in the downhill sections. Um, the course isn't super technical, but even the technical sections, like I was flying through there. I don't know like what came over me, but I was like jumping over roots and, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm just asking for it. I'm going to totally fall. Right. But it never happened. And I, I ended up passing a lot of people on the downhill. And then, um, the last three-ish Maybe a little less than that. Miles of the race are downhill, not steep by any means, but mostly downhills, and and I, I passed a lot of people there too. Um, so yeah, and I finished feeling, I mean, tired for sure, but way better than I thought I was gonna feel, based on how I felt like the first three miles of the race, which was basically all uphill. So, so do you, yeah, did you run it slower this year than than twenty fourteen? Okay, yeah, which was I was depressed about. Well, I'm still kind of depressed about it. I mean, was it a big margin or? What's a big margin? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what your total time was. Uh, I mean, I, mean, I, well, I, I guess say the question like, is, did you think it was a big margin? Yes. Okay. I think it was about 15 minutes. Okay. To me, that was a big margin. Now, again, I didn't train for it specifically. Right. This, right. this, And, I, and I, I knew going into that I wasn't in any better shape than I was the last time. So it really, like, it wasn't realistic for me to think that I was going to run it faster. But you still, doesn't mean I didn't want to. Right. You know, so, but again, I still want to do this race like in the future mm-hmm. and actually really train, train for, for it. it. Yeah. Okay. And, and see how I do. So, um, I kind of call it my, my love hate race because it's really difficult for me and I haven't like performed as well as I've, I think I could. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. I really like it and I'm not sure like why. Like, I don't know what about it specifically. Well, well I don't know. You'd have to answer that, but no, I know, I but mean, I don't know. It's a unique. I think I'll try to guess for you. It's a pretty unique race. It's mm-hmm. a pretty challenging course in a pretty cool location. You know, it's very different than other races. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. You do get you do do get some pretty nice views. Now it's it's very close to like the coast. I mean, it's it's starts and ends at Stinson Beach. Mm-hmm. So there's a beach right there, um, and you know it could be pretty foggy. You know, to to start during the day, but again, this year, just like the other race, super nice clear day. Um, oh, the one thing I didn't mention is it was relatively warm for this race. Mm-hmm. It usually isn't this warm. And so um, a lot of people were slowing down because of that. I definitely slowed down because of that. They definitely had more like water, like people, you know, volunteers doing like the sponges like over your head with cold water. So I took full advantage of that, like any chance I had. So that slowed me down a little bit. Uh, I won't blame the whole f- 15 minutes on that, but it did slow me down. A little bit, and I think I ended up taking a little bit longer at each aid station just because I knew it was like hot, and um, yeah, I, want, I knew I wanted to finish more than anything. So, mm. yeah, I mean, I like the single track. The trails are nice. It's yeah, it is unique that it's handicap race. Um, I like kind of like the the challenge of kind of that too, like getting around people, mm-hmm. people getting around you. I don't know, and then you just have to be. Like you just have to be really like cooperative about it. You know, like everybody yeah. kind of in a way has to be working together, even though you're racing. 
you know, because otherwise, like, I don't know. It's just not going to work. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And those stairs. Those stairs are just crazy. <laughs> that's that's what I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you just hear all kinds of stuff, like, on the stairs, too, coming up because people are just, like, aggravated by it, you know, so a few cuss words here and there. And, um, you know, we're in California, so one guy just really loud. He's like, dude. And everybody's like, yep, exactly. You know, because you're just, like, climbing stairs, climbing stairs, climbing stairs. I mean, stairs, to me, it's so. just the thought of, you know, doing a race with, let's call it a, an official number of a gazillion um, stairs. It's just crazy. But to me, you know, my problem would be not that I have any interest in doing this race. Um, I think I would just get so tired. I would end up clipping my foot on a stair and just face planting. Yeah. Um, you know, as you get tired, as you kind of move on. Oh, and you, you know, definitely like see like, people where like, yeah, they just like clip their toe, you know, like almost fall, mm-hmm. you know, like that little stutter yeah, step. Yeah. So, and I was like so paranoid about not doing that or then coming or then going downhill or down the stairs. Like, you're not really running them because there's so many people, but you're trying to go as fast as possible. And you get into that thing where, you know, like, when you're going downstairs, like, and you keep going over so many stairs that mm-hmm. you can kind of get tripped up a little bit where yeah. you're like, wait, where, you know, it's just like so many of them. So I know a couple of people fell, not at this, not on the stairs, I don't think, but um, a couple of people did run into each other and actually went down. <laughs> I know uh, one person got injured enough to be taken out in an ambulance so Eek. yeah hopefully nothing like too bad but i mean it, it could happen because if you're just like flying on the trails which i'm not but if you're flying on the trails and you just you know collide with somebody else yeah okay yep you do get a medal you get a patch you get too. a patch which is kind of yeah. old school We've yeah that's super that old before. school yeah they're they're really known for <laughs> like you know a patch, patch like you sew on a hat or a yeah. jacket type of patch yep and this was the i guess the 48th Double dipsy. So there is also, I don't know if I mentioned a quad dipsy <laughs> that is um, usually in November. So I can try to aim for that in several years. Yeah, you might as well double up. You so know? basically double of what I just did. <laughs> that would be insane. So like yeah. 20, I don't know, 27 miles or something. That's a good point. That's, that's a full marathon. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's insane. So maybe yeah. someday. Sure. Do that. Yeah. I'll cheer yeah. you on yeah. from home. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Thanks. But it, uh, yeah, it's it's a good race for anybody that wants to do something like that. All right. All right, cool. Uh, let's move on to some feedback. We got lots of emails. We're not going to get to all of them, but let's get to a few. Incoming message. So in general, I'm going to group like a group of emails that we got people just kind of being concerned about like, like missing podcasts <laughs> and hope you're okay and, you know, that sort of thing. So um, thanks for all of the, the concerns. Yeah, I do um, actually appreciate yeah, people yeah. checking like, on we're, us. We're okay. Um, we just, I mean, time just kind of got away from us. So, all right. So specifically going to um, talk here about the email that we got from Daniel. He started running in November of last year to support his wife. As she was wanting to lose some weight. She ran a 5K on January 1st. He Good time. With, yeah. Okay. He went with their son to support her. And he decided at that moment that he also wanted to try and run a 5K. So he began training to accomplish that. He soon came to realize that he does actually enjoy running. <laughs> It's a shock. <laughs> I know, right? So he began to look for something to listen to while making his long drive back and forth to work. And he found our podcast. Um, he started with the 2017 episodes and has listened to them all and then went back to find as many previous ep- episodes that he could listen to. So, yeah. yeah. Well, welcome to the sport. Yeah. yeah. And to the Embrace Running community. And we'll try to be more consistent with putting out <laughs> more episodes for you. So I uh, heard from Forbes about Flying Pig. I think he's mm-hmm. kind of the one that put that bug in our ear. Yeah. Um, this was his third pig, as he calls it. And he says it never disappoints. His his wife and himself actually did the three-way with extra cheese. So the organization support in the courses couldn't be better. Expo's the largest they've seen. 
The largest booth is the Procter & Gamble Giving Away product, which I think is like their title sponsor. Is it? Okay, I don't or know. Or one of their... <clears throat> One of their main sponsors, I think. Um, he said doing the three-way, they got four shirts. Well, three-way with extra cheese. They got four shirts, a couple of posters, and a really nice backpack. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah, you got a lot of stuff. I'm, I'm actually... Um, yeah, I mean, he's one of the people that talked to us about it. I, I'm officially going to blame Forbes for, for... You know, I like to blame people for doing races, so I'm yeah. going to blame him. Um, <laughs> I, I Actually, for Flying Pig, right? I think... You can get your your bib with your name on it, or you can select what you want yeah. to put on there. Mm-hmm. And I, I couldn't decide. I, I still went with my name, but I almost put like it's Forbes' fault, or I'm blaming Forbes. I was, I was yeah. trying to think of like exactly Something what to put like on my that. bib, so I almost uh, came really close to do that, but I couldn't think of like the coolest way Something to do that. Something creative. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, we do like to blame people. <laughs> blame Forbes for flying pig. We blame Dave for Napa Valley Marathon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he said the the rest of the weekend was perfect running. Um, temps in the 40s and 50s. Oh, because the king, the king, little king smile on Friday night was actually light raining wind. So the rest of the weekend was good. After the race, they went to the premium booth and got their fifth medal and shirt for completing the three way. Said Cincinnati is an incredible running city. All of the events are located within walking distance from downtown. That's always nice for people coming out of town. I mean, from out of town, staying I, there. Yes. You know, that's like the accessibility to like hotels and transportation and things like I that. I mean, just from a logistics standpoint, my, my, my perfect race weekends are week- weekends that I can, you know, some of you're flying in, fly in, not rent a car. I don't think we need to rent a car in Cincinnati, but um, I don't think so. You can rent a car. Your hotel is like right there by the expo, by the start, mm-hmm. by the finish and places to eat and things to do. Like and you can just navigate not, that all. Yeah. It's yeah. just super easy walking distance or, you know, public transpo in mm-hmm. certain places. So, um, yeah, that's kind of my perfect race weekends. <laughs> doesn't always happen, but. He said next year is actually the 20th year for the race, and marathoners will be getting jackets. So hopefully we'll get some jackets. Okay. Um, I mean, the 20th anniversary is one of the reasons we kind of circled 2018 for, for Flying Pig. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, we tend to do that. We tend to pay attention to kind of the anniversary years. Cause right. Because sometimes it's just cooler to run, like, on the 25th year or mm-hmm. the 30th year, and then sometimes you get extra stuff. So right. if everything else is being equal, I'll take the year that gives you some extra stuff. And that's what we blame. Because I that's, really need more running stuff. Right, I know. I was going to say, and that's what we blame uh, signing up for CIM on, is yeah, that it's, it's the 35th? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And they usually do more Extra stuff. stuff. And they but you're right, like, we really need more yeah. stuff. Because I, I really guess, need yeah. a, another running jacket <laughs> and a running Four shirt. Four more race yeah. shirts, I know, yeah. That's the last thing I need. <laughs> Um, anyways, um, he'll be there with his wife. They're already signed up for the three with extra cheese. So we will see you there. Yeah. Um, several times, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Might be sick of us if, by if the end If I of the understand weekend. how this works correctly, <laughs> <laughs> several times. All right. You also heard from Jill, who is uh, listening to us talk about bad outdoor allergies. Um, as we're coughing over here, yeah, <laughs> we've actually been doing pretty good, but I think it's because we haven't like recorded in a while. We're not used to like just talking like nonstop for this period of time, but. Anyways, um, she just wanted to mention that it took her 39 years of suffering from seasonal allergies and post-nasal drip that she, before she realized that if she removed dairy from her diet, she pretty much never had issues. Um, took her a while to narrow it down. She's seen, she's found certain dairy products to be the culprits and other things to be okay. And she just kind of wanted to mention it in case we hadn't considered it. So I think that's always helpful to kind of get something like that because it, it could apply to us, you know, if you just never even thought about it to kind of look at, hey, is that an issue or not? So. Yeah, I actually reduced the amount of dairy I eat a lot probably at the end of last year. Um, but I actually did. I know I talked about my allergies. I kind of did solve my allergies. It it actually took um, 
I had to contact my doctor and then I started doing uh doctor prescribed um it's not Flonase, but it's like the generic or whatever it is. Yeah, it's the nasal spray for you. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to start doing nasal spray twice a day and an allergy pill every day. And then I was 100% golden. Mm-hmm. But um, that's what it took. But after that, I felt so much better. Allergies yeah. are so... Um, I, like they can be pretty I like just, debilitating in a sense. Like They can really mess up your day. And I think people who don't have allergies don't realize like how bad they can get and how bad like they make you feel like you know seasonal yeah. allergies i mean so. i had some this year just the worst days i've ever had and just some really bad ones and it's you know and that was days that i wasn't outside running right it just made yeah. a lot of days where i just literally could not go um, you were just living for a run were- yeah i was like uh <laughs> what am i gonna do today i'm gonna try to survive try to breathe <laughs> but yeah. exactly but yeah any ideas help all right, just got a couple more through go here. So, okay. heard from Diego who wanted to echo your comment about a marathon um, with only my thoughts to myself being kind of dangerous for his health. Um, he said it's actually something he's been thinking about a lot since uh, Big Sur is now a no headphone no headphones marathon. Um, he says he's actually considering entering the drawing for 2018. Want to know if 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 we knew if they were enforcing that or if it was a new policy. Um, I think it's a new policy at least since the last time we ran it. I can't say whether that was the policy for this year or not, mm-hmm. but I don't believe that was the policy for, for the for the the two right. years that we ran it because I think I I think we would have noticed that and talked about that or you know yeah no yeah, for sure when we did it headphones were allowed um it's either new for 2017 or 2018 when they kicked it in um I'm Mister you know I'll avoid races that ban headphones um but I. Me being that guy, I would still say Big Sur is probably the one race that you can totally get by without, without headphones. Yeah. And so I, I wouldn't have an issue running Big Sur without headphones. So um, I think specifically for Big Sur, if that's scaring you away, don't worry about it. You'll be good. Um, enjoy the scenery. Enjoy the scenery. It will be kind of cool because if you run without headphones, as you come into, let's see if I get the mileage right, it's like 10 or 11, you'll be able to hear the Tycho drummers from a pretty far distance, assuming it's not a super windy day. So it will be very cool to be able to hear the drummers from the distance. And then, you know, you're getting close to the, to the big climb up to hurricane point, And then, um, you'll definitely have the drummers there kind of, mm-hmm. you'll, then you'll hear them fade as you begin your, your yep. two mile ascent, which is not that bad, but yeah. Um, and then you have the, the pianist yes. at, a, at around the half marathon mark. And then yep. you have the, the harpist that's out there. That's right. Different, yeah. There's yeah. like just different, different things. So I, I don't know why they changed the policy. I don't like the policy change because I love having my music and stuff mm-hmm. and stuff to listen to. But, uh, you know, I don't want to sound like a hypocrite saying, um, you'll be totally fine. And when there's so many times in the past where I've been like, I didn't want to do Napa Valley, uh, Napa because they didn't allow it for yeah. so many years. So, but you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, I don't know. I just find it interesting. Like why, why the change? I don't, you know, I like don't, I'm just curious, like, like what the reasoning is behind it. Um, I'm not disagreeing with it. I'm just curious. I really don't have a problem not running with headphones anymore. Um, I've gotten pretty used to that. I don't do any of my trail runs with headphones, whether I'm by myself with somebody else. So, oh, um, double dipsy, there's no headphones allowed. But that makes sense. No, yeah, for safety reasons, right? Because you need to be able to hear somebody coming up on you saying something. But it's interesting that they actually said, because, you know, they they have um, race volunteers, um, because this is put on partly by Brazen Racing. So they have um, volunteer photographers, you know, for the the race pictures. And they specifically said in their pre-race emails that if you are... If if they take a photo of you and you are seen wearing headphones in the photo, you will get a disqualification. 
Wait, what race is this? A double dipsy. Wow. Yeah. So it's not only like, do they see you on course, you know, that they tell you. But okay. if when they're looking at photos, you're That's wearing headphones, you're disqualified from the race. So I thought that was interesting. I've never heard that before, but. Um, yeah. I didn't see anybody wearing headphones. Um, I wasn't specifically looking right, you know, right. to see if everybody had headphones. But there was two people that were running with like phones in their hand with just like music playing. Mm-hmm. So that's always kind of interesting. Just bring your boom box on your shoulder. Pretty much. Rock yeah. out that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, specifically back to Big Sur, I, I can't think of any reason why. From a safety standpoint, you would need it at Big I mean, Sur, it's a other than just saying course. like it's running and you know. Yeah, I mean it's a completely cl- closed course. You're not like making any street crossings. Yeah, you're there's not, plenty of room. You're not really turning yeah, anywhere. <laughs> you're just going. It's a straight line. Yeah, so I mean, it's curvy, but it's you know, yeah. You're not like straight. making any turns. There's no like intersections. So I mean, I I understand if you need to, um, you know, listen to like volunteers or you know that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, I don't know why they did that. So, all right. So we also heard from, um, Catherine who wanted to give us a congrats on running Vancouver. She said, uh, she's really glad that we enjoyed the place. It's actually her hometown. She was great hearing our summary of the race because she could actually experience the place through new eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, she especially loved the part about people helping us sort our trash, um, <laughs> after the race. <laughs> she said in the sixties, uh, Vancouverites became ecologically aware and in Vancouver continued until people there have been downright precious. Uh, she also ran the Ottawa Tamarack Marathon. She has a beautiful route, lots of green space, rivers, um, and the canal, lots of aid stations, misting stations, great crowd support. They actually have an, which I thought was interesting and I'd never heard of before, an extra mile crew near the end to help pace folks if they needed them. So a guy helped her in the last two kilometers, just ran with her and talked a little. Um, she said it was really great just to have somebody running with her um, since there was a lot of people walking by that stretch. Um, I'd never heard of that before, like I, actually having like that, like officially, not just some, but not just your friend that, right. you know, came out there. So. Like, oh, here's Bob, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I uh, to be honest, I actually think that's an awesome idea. I think that's super cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, I'm just thinking about the races that I've done and like the end of the race. And um, I do remember when I ran the Eugene Marathon at the end, there just happened to be some guy out riding his bike. Um. Was he the one with like the boombox? I don't remember. Or no. Okay. Box, I remember he was just out riding times. a bike and then we were just kind of side by side and we were just having a conversation and it kind of really helped like at the end of the race when I was, you know, not feeling great, just kind of having somebody to kind of distract you. Yeah. Distract or chit chat or, yeah. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't encouraging me necessarily. But, yeah. Um, but yeah. in a way, but yeah, yeah not so, directly like good yeah. job, but still, no, I think that's actually a really cool idea. Yeah. I, w- I wouldn't mind like being part of that crew too. And just like going out there and like running with someone for like, Two kilometers or three mm-hmm. kilometers, five kilometers, and then like coming back around and like run with another person or, you know, something like that. That would be pretty cool. Now, the downside to that is I'm sure there's some people that at the end of a wrong race on a hard day just, it would tick them off or annoy them to have somebody like, you know, there are with people them. that react. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, just yeah. leave me alone. I want to just get this over right. with. Right. I mean, I don't think stuff. you should yeah. like force yourself no. to like, you know, for them to be okay no, with you just like staying. walking with them or something. So, yeah. Um, Anyways, she started between the 4.30 and, and five-hour pace bunnies and kept the pace conservative for the first two kilometers and kept going. She felt pretty strong the whole way. It was sunny all day. She got a bit warm for the last couple of hours, and she really isn't used to the heat. She said we would laugh at what they call heat. <laughs> I guess probably like she would laugh at what we call cold. cold. Yeah, yeah. Same thing. <laughs> um, she left it all out. Left it all out on the course, and after the finish line, she staggered around like a drunk and had to sit for a few minutes till she could go get her medal. Um, she basically did pretty well. Nothing, nothing broke. A blister here, there, and 
flip and chafing. She finished in 4.36.55. Her Boston qualifying time would be 4.40. Mm-hmm. So she's hoping she's in. Um, I think she's got a good chance. Very good chance. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say like for sure in, no, no, but no, I think but, pretty good chance. Yeah. So, and then last email we heard from Clint who ran in the dam to dam half earlier this month. He said it was warm, actually hot, and the chip timer didn't show up. So not the best event. <laughs> yeah. But it was his second half to go along with two full marathons. He said, happy to run in a crowd for a change. Um, he's going to be looking to sign up for another half this fall, thinking about Bakersfield and was wanting to know if we had considered running there. So Bakersfield is not necessarily Southern California. It's kind of central California, yeah. I guess. Right? Yeah, yeah it's, it's central California. And it can get pretty hot there in the summer. Very much um, so. I'm not sure what the weather's like in the fall. I would think, obviously, just milder temps and mm-hmm. probably pretty good running weather. But, yeah, there's a race down there. I can't remember. We, can't, we couldn't remember what it was that we've looked at before where it's like a whole weekend of, yeah. like, events, like cycling and, like, running and all of that. And I think it just never worked out. And like we always had something else going on that weekend. So I don't remember what it is. And I tried to look for it and I couldn't find it. So I'm sure it'll pop up yeah, some we're other gonna, time. But keep an eye out. And then when we when it hits us in our memory banks, we'll uh, let you know. Yeah. Because, I mean, that would be like a couple of hours away from us. Or a few hours away from us, mm-hmm. I would say. Like three to four. Maybe more. More? Four? I don't know. Uh, like, yeah, four. Four. Sure. So it's doable. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. All right. I think that's all uh, I got. That's all you got? All right. Yeah. I guess that's going to wrap it up. Um, we don't have any races immediately on the horizon, but um, hopefully we'll be back soon with another podcast and mm-hmm. just catch up on things. And um, I guess pretty soon we'll start talking about, well, I guess it's the final run up to Ragnar Tahoe, but then um, we got to get this training for Berlin in yep. <laughs> started or planned or figured out somehow. So. Yeah. And I might end up throwing uh, a trail race in there here or there. Okay. That could still happen. There's a couple that I'm eyeing for July or August, so we'll see how that how that turns out. Okay. Well, right. that's it for now. The website for the podcast is embracerunning.com. You could find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash embracerunning. Send us any comments, questions, or feedback at feedback at embracerunning.com or leave us a voicemail at 925-400-7223. If you enjoy the show, give us a review on iTunes. So until next time, Embrace Running.